Today's daf Maseches Nazir is daf Samach Aleph, 61. We're going to be beginning the ninth parak, Bezuz Hashem, towards the top of Samach Aleph Mur Aleph. And we're going to have two main ideas today. First, we're going to see, based on our Mishnah, based on our Brisa, which people are included in acceptance of Nazirus and Korbanus of Nazirus, and which are excluded. And in the second part of the day, we're going to show how we know that Goyim are not included in Nazirus altogether, i.e. how it's different than the case of Erechin. And we'll have two basic answers to resolve that question. So let's get started. The Mishnah tells us, Hakusim ein lahem Nazirus. Top of Samach Aleph Mordalef. Hakusim ein lahem Nazirus. Here, Hakusim means Goyim in general. They are not included in the parsha of Nazirus. They cannot be bound by the restrictions of Nazirus, nor bring Karbanus of a Nazir. Nashim v'avadim yesh lahem Nazirus. But women... And Evid Kananim, who have certain halachas of Jews, like women, they also could have the status of Nazirim. And the Mishnah concludes, <laughs> There is a restriction that is more significant by women than slaves. Shahu Kaifes Avdoi, because an owner of a slave, of an Evid Kanani, is able to force his slave to violate the Naziris he accepted. The Ishta, however, if he's not Mefer, the Naziris of his wife, he cannot force her to violate her Naziris. Says the Gemara, Katani, our Mishnah, Tarakusim Elohim Naziros, that Goyim don't have the status of Naziros at all. Menani, Mili, how do we know this? The Tanarabban and the Brisa explains as follows. Parsha tells us in Parsha's Nasai about the Nazir, Dabro, B'nai Yisrael. So it says, speak to the Jewish people about Nazirim. So B'nai Yisrael excludes Goyim, again, from two parts. They can't be bound by Naziros, as well as they don't have Karbanas of Naziros at the end of their tenure. But then it emphasizes an extra word in the Pasuk. It says, It says already speak to them. Why does it have to say, you should say to them? It sounds like you're speaking to someone else. But Rabbi says, That includes that Evid Kanani also could actually become uh, Nazirim. Asks the Gemara, Why do I need a Reboy to include Avadim in Naziros? But we know that that Avadim in general take on the status of women, and whichever mitzvahs a woman is bound by, slaves could also are also bound by. So if women are bound by Nazirus, why wouldn't a slave be? What do you need a reboy to teach me that? You may have thought it's different by, by Nazir. Why? Because in Matos, when it talks about it, the Parsha of Nadarim and, and Shvois, it says, It says somebody that accepts a prohibition on himself. And the implication is, The only one who's allowed to accept some form of Shvois or Naziros is somebody who owns, him, owns his body. He doesn't own his body, he's owned by the master, so perhaps his Naziris wouldn't be binding. So maybe his Naziris shouldn't be effective. Even though in general he has the status of a woman, you might think it's different over here to be excluded. Therefore by Naziris it says, which includes him that he is included in the Parsha of Naziris when he accepts Naziris on himself. Okay. Now let's analyze the first part of that b'risa, which, which excluded Goyim. It's Amar Mar, second point of the day. Amar Mar. Tabra b'nei Yisrael. We said the Pasuk by Nasei, about Nazirim, about Nazirah says, speak to the Jewish people, that was the b'risa we quoted above. It excludes Goyim, that they're not included in the Parsha of Nazirus, both for the restrictions as well as the Karbonus brought at the end. Frek the Gemara asks the Gemara of Ekolhecha v'chsiv Yisrael. Wherever the Torah uses the word Yisrael, are we not able to include Goyim? 
We're about to show that there's another source in the Torah by Erechin. It writes that Erechin is applicable to Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael, but because there's a reboy of the word Ish, we say that Goyim are included in a partial way in the parsha of Erechin. So the question the Gemara is going to pose is, perhaps by Naziris we should also split it up and say it's true. B'nai Yisrael excludes Goyim that they don't bring korbanos of a nazir, but perhaps it does mean to include, because it also says ish by naziros, that they should be included in the parsha of naziros for the restrictions. Because we know that there's a parsha of Erechin that talks about in parshas Bechukosai, how somebody can pledge the value of a person, or himself for that matter, based on his gender or based on his uh, age. V'agabe Erechin, the Torah tells in the parsha of Erechin and Bechukosai, v'chsiv, it says, Dabrel b'nei Yisrael. Speak to the Jewish people, v'tanya b'nei Yisrael ma'arichin. Jewish people can pledge value to the Beis HaMikdash, v'ein oiv de'kechavim ma'arichin. Goyim don't have the ability to create this pledge. That's, let's learn from b'nei Yisrael. Maybe you'd think that their value is not able to be pledged either, meaning that if a Jew would pledge the value of a guy, that would not be an effective erech. Talmud loimar ish. Therefore, there's a reboy in the parsha of Erechin that says Ish, and it teaches us that although they're excluded from one aspect of Erechin, i.e. the ability to pledge value for an Erech to the Beis HaMikdash, they're included in another aspect, which is to be Na'erachin, that their value can be pledged to the Beis HaMikdash by a Jew. So asks the Gemara, L'chayra, here by Naziris, we should be able to split it up as well. B'nai Yisrael excludes Goyim from being able to bring korbanos of Naziris. But it also says the word Ish, and that should be Marbe, that they should be able to be bound by the restrictions of Naziris. It should be the same idea. So the Gemara answer is not a question. We're going to go through a series of attempted answers for this. There will be two ultimately that emerge accepted. So first the Gemara's answer is, Sha'ani Hacha, the Gemara says, it's different by Naziris, to Amar Krah, because the Pasuk says in Nasa, when it talks about the Nazir, it says that the Nazir should not become Tame to his father or his mother. And that excludes somebody that has Oh, it only includes somebody that has a father in the parsha of Naziris. It excludes a guy because he does not have a father. Now, what do you mean it doesn't have a father? So the Gemara is going to have to explain this. There's three options. One of them will be accepted. Lamai. The Gemara says, well, what does that mean? If it means that regarding Yerusha, a guy is not considered as having a father, he doesn't inherit his father, that's not true because a guy does inherit his father on the Torah level. Because in Devarim, the Torah teaches us, Hashem says about Esav uh, that I gave Harseir as his inheritance. You see, guy, he gets a Yerusha. So it can't mean that you're saying because he's excluded for Yerusha purposes, therefore he's excluded from the parsha of Aviv Ali'imai by Nazir, because he does have Yerusha Lemaisa. Ella, the Gemara, gives another attempt to show what it means that he doesn't have father, the Misha Muzrael Kibud Aviv. Perhaps what it means is the Torah is saying only those that are obligated in Kibud Aviv would be included in the parsha of Nazirim, as opposed to a guy who doesn't have the mitzvah of Kibud Av. Gemara says that's not a good answer because miksiv kabed avicha gabi nazir. It doesn't say kabed avicha by nazir. It means you're fill, you're putting words into the pasuk that really are not there. It doesn't say the one who's, you'll exclude a guy because he doesn't have kibudav. All it says is the, that That has no association necessarily with kibudav. So that's not a good distinction to make between goyim and Jews. Then so Ella and this answer is going to be accepted. What does it mean that goyim don't have a father? 
The emphasis is, what does it mean? It means that he cannot contract Tuma. Nazar is prohibited to contract Tuma from his father or mother if they pass away. Excluding a guy who doesn't contract Tuma when he's alive. Now certainly a guy who passes away, there's Machleksim about his capacity to convey Tuma. Perhaps he could convey as a dead person Tumas Mago Masa. <clears throat> but in terms of contracting Tuma, a guy cannot contract Tuma. And therefore the Torah only says, who is bound by Nazira? Somebody that theoretically could become Tame should he touch a dead parent. A guy cannot contract Tuma, therefore he's excluded, and therefore there's no Ava Amina that Ish would include him in the prohibitions of A. Nazir is completely excluded. Turning to Samachalach Mubez, Tuma, he cannot contract Tuma. So the next little piece, the Gemara is going to try to show us how do we know a guy cannot contract Tuma. How do we know a guy cannot contract Tuma? To Amar Kra, because in Chukas, when it talks about Paraduma, it says, It says, A person that had become Tamei Mace and hadn't been purified, he gets Kares from the nation. If he goes into the base of Mikdash, comes in contact with Kachim when he is Tamei. And the way we interpret the Pasuk is, What's the emphasis of mitocha kahal? The way we're interpreting it now is, who is the one that could become Tameh? Is the one that will be cut off mitocha kahal if he goes to the base of Mekdash when he's Tameh. Yatza Zet, to exclude a guy she'ein kahal, he's not going to be cut off from the kahal because he's not included in the kahal. And therefore, the fact that it only says, uh, it says that the one who could become Tameh is the one that, will be cut off mitachakal, and a guy is not going to be cut off mitachakal means he also cannot contract Tuma. So the Gemara says, one second, how's that a raya? Hey, how do you know to read the Pesukim that way? Maybe what the Pesuk is saying is, a guy who contracts Tuma and then comes in contact with a Kodshim, who goes to the Beis HaMikdash, won't be Chayef Kares. Maybe that's all the Pesuk is excluding a guy from. But perhaps he could contract Tuma, and he would convey Tuma to Kodshim or the Beis HaMikdash, should he go in? He just won't be Chayef Kares, so there's no raya. The Gemara brings an alternative source. It also says in the same parsha there in Chukas, How does he become pure from Parat from uh, Thomas Mace? The Tower person will sprinkle on Tame person. Now it doesn't have to say the Tower will sprinkle. That's the assumption. So the way we, we compare the two, any person that's included in the purification of Paraduma. He also could contract Tuma in the first place. They didn't have to write Tar to teach us that if he doesn't have the ability to become Tar through Paraduma, because it says B'nai Yisrael Dafka by this purification process, he also cannot contract Tuma in the first place. Thus, we have a riot that it excludes a guy, and because he's excluded from that, it also excludes him from the Zerim altogether because it says, This is not a riot because maybe perhaps it's true. A guy is excluded from the purification of paraduma, but tom yahavile. Tuma, we still would be able to contract. And really, the Gemara doesn't say the Pircha, but the Pircha is perhaps the reason it says, is for a different drasha, which the Gemara doesn't quote over here. It needs to say tar for a different drasha, but it not necessarily is to compare, it's not necessarily to compare tar to tame to exclude a guy from becoming tame. So the Gemara says, finally, Amar Kra, and we bring the original Pazak we quoted, here it didn't have to say these, this extra comparison. 
It says a person that becomes Tame and he's not purified. Why does it have to emphasize he's not purified? So from this extra comparison, which we quoted above, we didn't focus on the extra point over here, is to teach us that the only one who can contract Toma is the one that can also become purified through Paraduma water. Something that can become purified cannot contract Toma either. Thus, we have proven that a guy cannot contract Toma because he doesn't have, as it says, Dabra Bnei Yisrael by the Paraduma Tahara process. Therefore, we've shown that a guy is not included in contraction of Toma when he's alive. And thus, when it says by Nazir, it's saying the only one that's included in Nazir who could become Tame, contract Toma to his fa- from his father and mother should he be a Nazir and a guy cannot, thus he's completely excluded from the Parsha, you cannot compare him to Erechin where it says each to include him partially because here he's completely excluded from the Parsha of Nazirus because he cannot contract Toma and this is the end of the first answer, the distinction between Erechin and Nazirus Okay, now the Rav Achabar Yaakov tries to reinstate the first attempted answer, which was refuted. First attempted answer we had said was when it says only somebody that has a father or a mother is included in the parsha, which excludes Goyim because they don't have inheritance. So we said, but Lachari does have inheritance because Yerushahila Esav, Harseyer. So you see, he does that. That answer was refuted. So Rav Achabar Yaakov tries to say, no, there is an element of Yerusha he's excluded from. Based on that, he's excluded from the entire parsha of Nazirus because he's not included in the entire parsha of inheritance. It's different by Erechin, by, by Nazirus from Erechin. Because the Pasuk says, By Jews, the Allah is, if they own an Ebed Kenani, it's inherited over to their children when they pass away. But Goyim do not own an Ebed Kenani in that way, that it's inherited over to their children, and therefore they're excluded in a certain degree from inheritance. And the way we say it is, Anybody that has the Halacha of Nachala, which means Jews who have the entire Halacha of Nachala, also have the ability to contract Tuma. Meaning by saying, meaning as we're trying to explain now is, that Jews who have the halacha of inheritance entirely, even to inherit over slaves to their children, so they're included in the prohibitions of a nazir. The somebody that doesn't have the entire halachas of inheritance, albeit they do have halachas of inheritance, goyim, they don't have the ability to uh, have the prohibitions of a nazir binding on them. So thus it would emerge then that the way we interpret the Pasuk with this re-explanation is, it says, V'ish, and the first answer we said was, that means in terms of Yerusha. If he has Aviv in terms of Yerusha, so he's also bound by the restrictions of a Nazir. Since Goyim don't have the entire halachas of Yerusha, as we said, they don't inherit slaves over to their children, they're not bound by the prohibitions of a Nazir, and thus it's different than Erechim. Fine. It's Rebbe Yaakov's attempted answer. Problem is, Yehachi, the Gemara says that's a great answer. The problem is, Avadim we said Avadim are included in the prohibitions of a Nazir, but Avadim also don't have this halacha of inheritance over to their children. So if that's true, you'd exclude them as well. Now, the Chayra, we had a reboy to include them from the Amar Talim, but the way the Gemara is asking it is to say, why would you then go for the reboy like that? If you're saying it's excluded from the E, it should exclude them as well, and then the reboy of Amarta shouldn't be an ability to include them. So the Gemara therefore refutes this answer, and Ella Amar Rava, Rava says a second answer, which is accepted, how we know there's a distinction between Erechen <coughs> and Nazirus. So Rava says the entire contention that you're assuming you can split up Nazirus into two parts and exclude Goyim from the Bnei Yisrael, from the Korbanos of Anazir, but include them in the prohibitions from Ish, that's entirely untrue. Because Elam Rava, rather Rava says like this, Bishlama, 
Gabi Erechin. In regards to Erechin, I understand you can split it into two parts, Shin Emar, because in Erechin, in Bechukhoisai, the Pasuk says, Bene Yisroel. Bene Yisroel, Ma'arichin, Bene Oivde Koychavim, Ma'arichin. That Goyim cannot pledge, although Jews can pledge the capacity to pledge an Erech to the Beis Hamikdash. So from Bnei Yisrael we would learn by Erechin Bnei Yisrael Ma'arichin Ve'noiv Dekechavim Ma'arichin. So from that we could derive and split it into two parts and say that the Jewish people can pledge Erechin but Goyim cannot pledge Erechin. So you might think that just as Bnei Yisrael, Goyim are not able to uh, pledge Erechin, they also can't be pledged. Their value can't be pledged. As we explained earlier, therefore Ish was a reboy to teach us that their value can be pledged. So you might say the same thing here, says Rava. So over here we would derive the same concept. Is It says Bnei Yisrael. Bnei Yisrael, they could be Chayav a carbon at the end of Naziris, and Goyim, if they'd pledge in Naziris, they would not be able to bring Karbanos. Maybe they can't be Nazirim at all. So with the comparative idea, you'd be able to say, Ish is a reboy to say that they could actually be bound by Naziras, although they're not able to be Chay of Karbanas at the end of it. Says Rava, the reason there's a distinction between them and you can't compare them, because Amri, the response to that is, says Rava, Imishum Karban, if the reboy would tell us that, excuse me, if the rebo, if the Miut, B'nai Yisrael, by Nazirus is to exclude them from Karbanos, it doesn't need to be excluded from here. Because we learn in the Gemara Menachas teaches us that we learn by a Karban Oila. We teach by Karban Oila that a guy can actually pledge and bring a Karban Oila, but that excludes Pratli Nazirus, this is the words of Rabbi that by the Karban Oila we learn that they could actually pledge a Karban Oila and it's brought, but that excludes them from Nazirus already. So you don't need B'nai Yisrael by Nazirus to exclude them from. The capacity to bring karbanos. Ella, what is it there for? To exclude them entirely from the zeros, even the restrictions. And thus says Rava, there's no two parts that could potentially include them in the restrictions. They're completely excluded from karbanos based on the drasha we say, la oila pratlin is zeros. And they're excluded from the restrictions from B'nai Yisrael, And this answer is upheld ultimately. For the rest of the Amud, turning to Samach Be'ez Amud Aleph, we're going to just go through a couple of other attempts, further attempts to show perhaps there is a way we could split it up into two parts and still include Goyim in the prohibitions of a Nazir. So the Gemara's first attempt to that is, Ema B'nai Yisrael Nazir Nazirus Oilam, Ve'en Oiv Ve'kachav Nazir Nazirus Oilam. Maybe B'nai Yisrael excludes them from the capacity to except in Nazirus Oilam. Yachalayu Nazirim. So you might think also that they can't become Nazirim at all. Tamalayim or Ish. And maybe the reboy of Ish then is to say that they could become Nazirim altogether. So Amr Yechanan on that, Miksiv Nazir Oilam. Torah doesn't say Nazir Oilam. doesn't Bnei Yisrael in association with Nazir Oilam. Rather, it's an entire exclusion. They're excluded from the prohibitions of a Nazir altogether. Amos, the Gemara gives another attempted question on that. Maybe Bnei Yisrael Madirim Bnei Ben Nazir Madirim Bnei Ben Nazir. Maybe what it means to say is, as we learned earlier, B'nai Yisrael, that Jewish people can make their sons. We learned earlier in the Gemara and Masechta, there is a capacity for a father to make his son into a Nazir. We had a machlekes, if it was Allah, Lamesh, Misinai, 
or chinuch. But the point is, maybe that's what the Bnei Yisrael is excluding them from. But yochol ayu nazirim. Maybe they can't. You might think they can't even be nazirim. Talmud lemer ish and ish we marve. They could become nazirim. So the Gemara says that's not a valid rasha because ha'amr Rabbi Yechon alachi ben nazir. The fact Rabbi Yechon, which it seems we follow, learned earlier the fact that they could make their children into nazirim is alach lamoshim misina. And if it's alach lamoshim misina, it's not included in the Torah. If it's not included in the Torah, there's no way that the word ish would be an exclusion telling us Goyim are not applicable to that because it doesn't teach that in the Torah. That's actually Halach Lamoshim Sinai, not referenced in the Torah. So it can't be that the, the exclusion the Torah is teaching us is to exclude Goyim from something that's not referenced in the Psukim. So the Gemara says, finally, Maybe the drasha, the exclusion that teaches us is that B'nai Yisrael, if their fathers pass away and put aside money, the children are able to utilize those monies for their korbanus if they're also Nazirim following their father's death, but not so by Goyim. And turning to Samach Bezim Adal, and maybe you think they're not able to be restricted by Naziris at all, Ish. maybe the Reboy is then to teach us that actually they are included in Naziris. The problem is, how Itmar, but we learned earlier, the same thing, Allah ibn Nazir, that the idea of, of you using the monies your father left over as your own Naziris monies, is also Allah and the Torah then wouldn't go out of its way to exclude them from that. Elama, what is it coming to teach us is that they're completely restricted, they're completely excluded from the restrictions of Nazirus, and thus the Gemara finishes with its second answer essentially is to say there's no two parts. When it says B'nai Yisrael, it ex- excludes them entirely from Nazirus, and therefore, unlike Erechin, which is split into two parts and they're somewhat included in the ability to have their value pledged. Here there's no two parts and they're completely excluded from the parsha of Nazirus. Thus Goyim cannot be Nazirim at all. We're stopping the top of Samach Bezim with Aleph. Ezra Shem will pick up a Samach Bez tomorrow.